divorce, separating, going our separate ways, breaking up, call it what you want. When a child is present, the collateral damage produced after such a thing is incredible. We cannot ignore the laws of cause and effect when families fall apart. Kathy Timko endured and overcame the chaos that was created in her life. But because the damage done is so great, in ways she is still in the process of overcoming. Take a listen as she relays her experience. Welcome to Blended. I am your host, Jeremiah Wallace, and my goal is to see blended families thriving. If you are navigating this experience, then you're in the right place. This podcast is purposed to provide support, information, and the encouragement that we need to fulfill our family's potential. Okay, I have here with me one of my dear friends, initially dear friend, and still the case with my wife. You guys met about 10 years ago, and then naturally, Kathy Timko became my friend, I think maybe a year or something into us being married. I forget whether we met prior to like while we were dating. Do you remember that? I remember the first time I met you. Yeah. Okay, for sure, because I was sized up. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I was sizing you up for sure. Okay, we, for yeah, sure. At church, you were walking around, and you were just chopping it up with everybody. Okay, just nice. Going from person to person, chatting. I'm like, who is this kid? This is, I was, that sounds, it sounds yeah. accurate. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So anyway. <laughs> That's great. That's awesome. Um, well, I've we've known each other for about six to seven years now. Again, very dear friend, and I invited you on to this episode in particular because of your role in education as well as your personal life experience. And for those listening, if you can break down briefly your role in education, what what you do. Yes. Currently, um, my role is, or my title is a regional student support coordinator, and I specifically oversee counseling. Um, Prior to this, I was a school therapist. Um, I was doing that for about five years, Um, but I've been working in education for maybe 17 years um, for kids from little babies to high schoolers. So I've kind of seen them all um, different facets of their lives through that. That is incredible. 17 years. Jeez Louise. Um, That's really cool. And I told her about five minutes ago, if she put a beat to her title and she (laughs) have her own hit album to be honest oh my god <laughs> i love it um 17 years old so you have some some real life tangible um experience when it comes to the experience of children and you were obviously once a child yes. and you have your own personal experience so as we're addressing the subject of what our kids need and this topic specifically that we're addressing being the collateral damage of divorce. It's something that you've experienced. It's something that so many of the listeners have experienced. You almost don't have to necessarily endure something like that in order to enter into the blended family, but it's oftentimes the case. There is some form of separation, divorce, breaking up, 
something is coming apart before something else comes together. Um, So I just wanted to get your take based on, again, your personal experience. So I did did want to ask you just the, the makeup of your family as far as where you are on the tier of siblings. Yes, I am the youngest of four children. Um, however, my mom was married before my dad, um, before she and my dad got married. Um, her husband passed away, unfortunately, but they had three kids together. Um, then she married my dad and they had me. And I am the youngest, um, but they're much older, like 15 years older um, and so on. And um, I'm a baby, but at the same time, I felt like a an only child because they were yeah. out of the nest once I got a little older. Um, and my parents were married for, I don't even know how many years, a long time, maybe like 20 years or so before they separated and divorced. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 11 years later, they got back together. Hmm. And at what point, I know this is some, this is new information as far as your siblings being from a different dad. I just yeah. learned something about you. I just, oh. Apparently not paying attention. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but at what point in their marriage, at what year were you given life? Um, I think, I think maybe year five. Okay. Or so. Yeah. They, they went into the marriage and my dad didn't want to have any kids. My mom was fine with that. Cause she had her three. So, yeah. um, they have that in mind um, going into it. And then he changed his mind a few mm. years later. And then I think after three miscarriages, my mom had me. Oh, wow. Yeah. That is incredible. Yeah. Wow. Um, and you said at what point did that separation between uh, your parents take place? Yes, I was 10. You were 10. Mm-hmm. Okay. And from your understanding, from what you can recall, uh, what was the state of their relationship before that took place as far as their, their divorce? Yeah. Well, it was really crazy to me because, um, my parents never fought in front of me ever. I never heard them fight once. Um, if they did have a disagreement, I think they went into the car and then they like drove around and they would have that. So my dad was very particular with that, that he wouldn't fight in front of me. I've never heard them argue even or cuss nothing like it just seemed like things were going well um, my dad was um, a paramedic and a police officer so he was gone all the time um, and then my mom she's a general manager of a restaurant and um, she managed a few and she was gone all the time too so um, I didn't really know what was going on with their marriage and the state of their marriage um, they were just often gone and when they were there things seemed like they were going well. So definitely when they separated, it was a shock. Um, I think to a lot of, to everybody because their love was crazy. Yeah. Um, and again, do you recall at any point, like having a conversation, how did that you receive that news as far as the divorce taking place? Yeah, they did. They did mess up. Um, they did not let me know that it was happening until it was happening. Um, I went to a friend's house and like kind of thinking back on it, I'm, they might've asked me to go to my friend's house. 
um, to stay the weekend there, which was fine because it was like my best friend. I'm 10. Like, it's great. Um, but then when I came home from that weekend away, um, all of our stuff was gone. And I just remember telling my or asking my mom, like, are we moving? And she said yes. And I didn't see my dad around. So I said, is dad coming? And she said no. And then that was the extent of that. Um, and then I'm shortly after I, we moved to a new a, a town home, my mom and I, and I started a new school. Um, and we were in another city, which was really close by. So things moved very, very, very quickly. Uh, my mom did <laughs> my mom, you'll hear me say how much my mom has apologized. My mom actually apologized to me just a couple days ago. She took my hand for everything that she put me through, through that divorce. She feels so guilty about it. Um, but one thing she does apologize for is the fact that they didn't tell me and yeah. they just forgot. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like in that moment, like, obviously it sounds like a continuation of a moment an extended moment where you're like, okay, looks like we're packing up. And then you hear that you're moving. You hear that dad's not coming. Like what is the, the turmoil or what is your conclusion? I guess in that moment, like, is there, was there a heartbreak or was there just kind of like a, okay, like I got yeah, a, I think at 10, it was like an, okay, like, okay. <laughs> like I, w- I wasn't brokenhearted initially. I was just very confused. Yeah. I was super confused. Um, it didn't, I don't know when it would have ever sunk in maybe years later. Um, but, uh, I knew that it was, I guess over or that it was serious because, um, when we moved into that new home, I, my mom, I met my mom's new boyfriend like then too. So this all happened within a a couple days. This wasn't like over a span of a week or a month or a year. This was all in a couple days. So how many days prior to meeting the new boyfriend, had you seen or talked to your dad? Um, I can't even remember my dad at that point thinking about it. Um, I don't know where he was. Yeah. And just to backtrack one more time, how did you know to ask whether your dad was going to be coming with you guys or not? Because I didn't see him. And maybe I like can, I remember we had the conversation on the couch. I remember looking around and not seeing him there. I wonder if I hadn't seen him there for a while. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I just remember looking like physically looking around. I don't see him and maybe I just didn't feel him either. Like, cause he might, he might not have been there for a minute. Yeah. So, well, so you guys move to this new place and with, and you said a couple of days mm-hmm. you're with your mom and you're also with another dude who's, is he literally living with you guys or is he somebody uh, that's he's just not living with us at that point, but was there all the time. Yeah. Yeah, and like was like try to swoop in real quick <laughs> to be like a friend or whatever to me. Um, how, how do you go about doing that? Doing the you know making the effort to be a friend. Um, I do appreciate that. I mean, I think it was it was good that he came in and he was interested in me like as a kid. Um, and so that I think that's great. He didn't just assume this role of, okay, now I'm your mom's boyfriend and it's about me and her. I did appreciate that he took interest in me, but 
I was still at the point where I was like shell shocked. I had no idea what was happening. And I, even though he was like in my life, like I still didn't even know how to feel about him then. Um, and so, um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't think too much or feel too much about, about that. I was just too confused. Yeah. And was this, is this something that you had a conversation with your mom about prior to meeting the guy? Oh no, my mom did handle it. Wrong. She, she just kept calling him her friend. Yeah. I think that was hard too, because I, as a kid, like you just feel so much, you, you know, better, um, even at 10. And so I'm like, okay, this is a friend. And maybe it did lighten the sting a little bit for a little bit, but then it, like all of this turn, the way that everybody handled it, I eventually became extremely angry at everybody. So again, initially confused. I was very quiet, didn't know what's happening. I was, I think an overall quiet kid at that point anyway, and observant. And then once I realized it, I raised hell and made everyone's life hell. Yeah. So as you're going through everything and like, again, things are just changing almost at the drop of a hat at any moment. Um, as far as you adapting to it, like how long did it take you to kind of understand both what was happening at least enough and then to kind of take control however you attempted to take control um, just of your situation? Yeah, maybe it took me maybe a year or so because not only was I transitioning from the fact that I wasn't living in that house anymore or with both of my parents and that we were in a new home and a new neighborhood. So like all my friends are gone, all that. Um, And as a 10 year old, that's, you know, huge. And then I was in a new school going into middle school. So that was so much to navigate that I I didn't even know what to do, especially the new school because I'd been in that elementary school from like preschool to fifth grade. So then going to, I remember how scared I was going into middle school. Um, And I know my, my mom wanted me to go to this specific school um, in this private school um, just because she wanted me in a smaller setting in a smaller community so that I can be looked after better than in a larger school. Um, And it was there that I met a good friend. She had been going through a divorce as well. And she had navigated the boyfriend situations and um, she kind of helped me navigate through. And I wouldn't say until seventh grade that I really started to get angry and really have an understanding. And I think she helped me have that understanding of what was happening. Yeah. Um, What were some of the things that she shared uh, with you based on her experience? Um, it was all negative. That's she like turned me into this bad kid. It was negative, and she's like, "Look, your mom's gonna have boyfriends, and they're gonna try to be your best friends, and so like this is what you do." And she kind of like broke it down, kind of from like a kid's perspective. Yeah. Um, and so it definitely made me a little terror. Broke it. Wow, she <laughs> came with some information. Yeah, she did. Yeah, yeah. And I guess like looking back, it's just like a kid's way of like surviving in these situations. And so she kind of gave me the playbook of how to survive this and that that was completely opposite of my character prior yeah um but she fueled me and it fueled me and it fueled um the anger i guess yeah and you could obviously relate to some of what she had experienced for sure um 
was she like literally calling out some of the things that you were experiencing? Oh yeah. Especially the friend thing. Like he's going to buy you everything. And so she would tell me how to take advantage of that or, um, yeah, just, just to be not to trust him or, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it sounds like that was one of the first times that you were able to like have a conversation where somebody was actually seeing you mm-hmm. um, and putting themselves in your shoes, which is probably why that information was that yeah. much. more impactful. Yeah, for sure. That's a good point. Something I didn't think about till now. Like you're right. It was the first conversation I had ever had about a divorce and how to manage it and navigate it. Um, had it maybe been first for my parents, it would have went a different way. Um, but So at this point, what is a uh, contact with dad? Like, um, we, he was living in two different places, one in like central California and one in Southern California doing these two jobs as a cop and a paramedic. He saw me kind of in the middle and in between. Um, but as I started to realize this relationship that my mom was in, and I started to see my dad a lot less than I already had seen him. Um, we shifted our relationship into he became kind of like my my friend. And he would call often to see how I was doing. He would, um, he would see me as often as he could. Um, but I just sensed a shift in our relationship um, into, I don't know, like it seemed like he leaned on me more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and who do you feel? So you did uh, begin to adapt by kind of getting angry because mm-hmm. of a lack of understanding and frustration um, based on that lack of understanding. And, you know, generally some of the things that you may have been experiencing on a day to day basis with whether mom or her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel you adapt like your relationships with them, whether specifically mom and dad Mm -hmm. or the both of them changed. You kind of just spoke on your dad a bit. Yeah. Yes. So initially like that shift in relationship changed with my dad. I felt like he leaned on me. I, um, it's so true that like kids can feel deeply, even if you don't say anything to them, or even if they don't understand what's happening, they can feel you, they can feel your emotions. And I think that's when I, became so empathetic was again, I was, I was always an observant kid. Um, but like I could feel my dad's pain, even though he never said it ever. Um, and so I was just so attentive to him. I just wanted to be around him as much as possible. And I think he wanted to be around me as much as possible too. At that point, I think I was the last bit, um, that he could hold on to from the marriage. And then with my mom, um, it shifted a little bit further, a little bit later where I became her, um, emotional crutch or if she had any um, feelings of any type of emotion, she was open with me about it. Um, and yeah, that was definitely a shift in our relationship too. So I kind of carried that emotional baggage. Yeah. What is some of that? Uh, emotional baggage. What did it look like functioning 
or feeling as if you were a crutch? Yeah. Um, whether it would be, um, she still loved my dad tremendous. They both loved each other. That's what was like so confusing for me. And for, I think our families, like they both loved each other so much. You could feel it in the room. Like it was tangible. Um, and she respected him so much. He respected her. Um, and, but she was hurt that they didn't work out. And so she would, you know, tell me that, um, my dad eventually started dating and then, um, he got a girlfriend and, ended up marrying her too. And so through that process, my mom was just broken. Um, and she would talk to me about it. And then also like, you know, if she and her boyfriend weren't doing well, then I heard of that too. Um, so I was just like that person, that little person that was always there. To listen. Yeah. And like your response to that, um, was it literally just you sitting and listening or was it, did it get to a point where you were chiming in and I, I think I started to chime in later. Um, I chimed in later. I think when I finally like went off to college, but I was just a listener. Like, I don't know what, yeah, there's no advice I can give as like a 12 year old to just yeah. listen. But there was a point I think maybe in high school where the anger turned really, really bad. And if she were to be, she would stop talking to me about stuff at that point. Um, especially about the boyfriend, because it would be all bad. Um, so if she were in a negative state at all, I would, um, I would just probably bash her at that point. Like, I'm like, you put us in this place, you put yourself in this place. So And how, how long was that dating relationship between your mom and her boyfriend? Um, from 10 to, I think they were together until I moved out to college. So maybe like seven years, eight years. And healthy on a scale from one to 10, 10 being thriving. How, what was that relationship like? The fact that you said healthy was even an option is not, is like negative 20. So I told you in the beginning, like I came from a house where there was no fighting, no cussing, totally respectful in my presence to a home where he was um, a raging alcoholic. I don't even know how my mom got herself in this situation coming from my dad to this guy. Um, but he was like a crazy alcoholic. Although like when he wasn't drinking, he was on honestly like an amazing, sweet person. Um, but the alcoholism just completely took over. Um, and our home was not safe and yeah. I was not safe. My mom was not safe. Um, it was not healthy by any means. So. And if you're comfortable sharing, was there abuse present? Um, no, thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Um, but I think that's where I became, um, why well, I was a fighter before that. Cause our, the neighborhood we moved into, it was, it was a ghetto neighborhood. So I just had to, I had to learn to fight. Um, but then I, if there was any abuse happening, it was definitely me towards him. Thank God. I don't even know what I was thinking as like a little girl, just like fighting him and hitting him and doing all the things that I did. So, um, none, thank God towards her or me. And, uh, what did their relationship do to your relationship with your mom? Just her existing in that knowing it was what it was. Oh yeah, that was um, the relationship with my mom was obsolete at that point. I just I completely 
disrespected her. I was disgusted by our situation. I, I was, I was terrible to her. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Still not feeling as if you had the space to express yourself, honestly, as far as what you were going through or was it coming out? But at, at this point it really is just anger. Yeah, I think it was all just coming out in anger, and I it, it came out in different places. Like I said, I, I that's when I started to fight a lot. Yeah, um, I got I was in trouble at school often, um, so it just came out in different places. And then as soon as I got a car, my dad got me a car for my 16th birthday, and I just left. I just, yeah. just didn't really see me anymore. Hmm. And how do you feel like this? the entirety of all of this affected your perspective on relationships, uh, whether friendships or dating. Um, I think at that stage, I think that, yeah, I I don't know exactly how my parents relationship affects my marriage now, except for the fact where I just even said right now that I, as soon as I got my car, I left. I, you know, I, I just never came back. I was always gone. And so that became the way that I cope. So anytime something got hard, then I would leave. And I continue to do that now. I think in relationships, when things get hard, I leave or I shut down. And and so it has made it very difficult to be able to work through the hard times or to discuss those things because those things weren't discussed too much. Yeah. Yeah. And considering, again, both your experience and as well as, the fact that you're an educator and um, how you function um, personally, what you do as far as your livelihood, you are aware of the crucial nature of the development of a child, you know, um, and how some of those things, the things that they experience aren't just existent within the moment. There is a lasting impact. Um, mm-hmm. And, as you think about, again, your role as an educator and some of the things that you've seen as a therapist in whatever capacity you're functioning in, um, what are some of the things that you see manifest themselves in the life of children um, based on what they're just exposed to or some of the things happening in their, their home? Yeah, you, I can always spot a kid. I've been doing this for so long, but you can, I don't even need to meet the parents before I know what the parents are like when I meet a kid. Mm. You, the kids are truly a reflection of the parents and of the situation and their home environment. Um, even though we never talk about it, they just are the way that they might behave, the way that they might cope, the way that they might interact with others. Um it just really screams and reflects a home environment. Yeah. Well, um, what are some of the more frequent, um, just kind of negative responses? I guess we can go both positive and negative. What's the, the difference between a child that you can recognize have, they have a healthy and thriving home situation, um, Mm -hmm. versus one that may not have, that in their lives. Yeah. I mean, that's tough to try to categorize because every child copes differently. Um, there are the kids that might have like a hell at home, but they're really outgoing and really sociable. 
um, or they might be really withdrawn and really distant. Um, then there could be the kids that have, you know, great home life and, um, I don't know. It's just like, there's just a healthy spirit about them. They're lighter. I, they, yeah. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's, it's tough because those kids that do have like great households, they might get along really well with other kids and, you know, they don't have so much baggage to bring, um, to the table when they come to school. So they're doing better in, in school. They're doing better in their relationships. Um, and so that's something telling. Um, but sometimes kids that have great households, um, they don't understand other kids that might be acting out or, um, yeah, they just don't have, a, they don't have empathy because they didn't go through it. They don't understand. You can see it from so many different angles. Yeah, definitely. So you did say that your parents did eventually get back together and remarried. Mm-hmm. How was that for you? How was that process? Yeah, that was, well, oh man, there, of course, like every kid, I think, tries to get their parents back together, at least in my situation, because it was a good situation. It, it was, I mean, it was, my parents didn't hate each other. Like I said, there's so much love there. Like everybody wanted them back together. Nobody understood why they weren't together. Um, so for me, it was, it looked like it would be a good thing for them to be back together. So it's something I fought for really hard. Um, and, um, after my dad got married, you know, I, my mom thought like, okay, that's it. Cause my mom was on board with me too, thinking that they were going to get back together. Um, but she thought that that dream was dead, but I just knew there was something in me that knew. And I don't know if every kid feels that way, but I just felt it. And I told my mom, like, well, you ha- like, I promise you this marriage isn't going to last. Like they're going to get back together. Um, and they eventually did, but it was at a point where for me, it almost felt like it's too late because I have been, after my dad got married, he, um, he pretty much just left. I felt like just abandoned me. And so, um, once he came back around, maybe it was too late from, I felt like it was too late for my relationship with him. He had been gone so long, but I was relieved at least for my mom that she had him back again. And and I was relieved for the both of them that they were back in a good relationship at least. Um, and, um, that they had each other to grow old with. And so there was relief in there and then also hurt too. I think just overall dad leaving. Yeah. So I'm sorry we didn't briefly talk about that when he did get remarried what was how did you guys relationship um change as well as what was the relationship that you had with your new stepmom yeah that um that was terrible i didn't i wasn't at the wedding um talk about she she definitely handled that relationship wrong as far as uh as far as me goes i told you about like the boyfriend at least he came in and he tried to like know me and get to know me as a kid she was opposite she was all about him and all about them and her and so she just cut me right out i i I can't even believe that even as a mother that she would do that to a, a little kid um but she did she was ruthless we called her like the antichrist she was awful um, <laughs> um, the evil one is what my mom would refer to her as. But anyway, um, 
she did that all wrong. And because of that, and my, and my dad did it all wrong and allowed that to happen. Like whatever she said goes. And, um, it was definitely choosing between me and her and he chose her time and time again. And so, um, I wasn't at their wedding and I was probably a freshman or so, maybe eighth grade or something around there. Um, so wasn't at their wedding. And because of that, like our, and from that, our relationship never progressed. My dad's my relationship with her and I might've been to her house once. I remember one time my mom was in Mexico, um, for Thanksgiving or whatever. I don't know why. Um, but she was over there, um, to be with her family and I was going to go with my dad and I was driving to my dad's for Thanksgiving. He lived two and a half hours away with her and he called me while I was halfway there and said, Hey, just turn around. Like, we're not going to, we're not going to be able to have you over because she's not happy right now or something like that. So I had to go to a friend's house for Thanksgiving. And so that was, that's just how she was. Like she he never came around for birthdays anymore. Holidays. I couldn't come over. So yeah. How to do it wrong. That would be them for sure. Yeah. No, that's devastating. And that lasted for how long? Their marriage. I don't even know because like, really, like I just, I almost like cut my dad out of my life after that. So it was just maybe a few years, maybe like four or five years. Okay. Um, and then, you know, that doesn't sound like it's a long time, but a lot of damage can transpire in a drop of a hat, like immediately, Mm -hmm. um, for, for somebody, for a child, who is again, navigating these things, obviously at this stage, when they get married, by the time they get married, you have a better understanding of what's happening. Mm -hmm. Um, But that almost makes it worse when the choice, certain choices are made. Mm -hmm. It's a lot. And as far as what your reconciliation with your parents has consisted of, um, can you, just touch on that for a moment, whether, you know, we've had post conversations or, you know, there have been just things that you guys have shared in ways you've connected so that some of these things can be mended. Yeah. Um, like I said, my mom, my mom has apologized like all the time. She's, I don't know, so tormented by this decision. She told me the other day that it was the worst mistake that she's ever made in her life was to, handle the things, handle those things the way that she did. Um, and I feel awful that she feels that way. Now I'm so much older and I can understand, but, um, because of that, we're able to reconcile. I feel like, and we're just honestly the best of friends. Um, Mm -hmm. and then with my dad, he has never talked to me about, about it. He's never addressed it. He's a quiet guy anyway. He's not confrontational at all. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure how he feels about it or what he thinks about it. I, I'm not gonna, I've never wanted to ask him. I just take my dad as he is. Um, but I did hear him say to somebody at one point, because navigating through middle school and high school, thank God, like I, found somebody that became a father figure to me and um he he really just became my dad when my dad was away and so my my um, um real dad 
said that I replaced him or you felt that I replaced him so easily with this other father figure. Um, and so I, I, and I remember him saying that and him or him saying that and him being hurt and feeling that hurt. And I just don't know. He's never been able to come back from that. Hmm. So I'm not really sure <laughs> where our relationship is. He's still around. He's my dad. I love him. I can call on him for anything in the world. Um, but we haven't really talked about any of that. Yeah. And still very much in process. Yeah. You know, um, as far as these things unfolding. Um, and even when things for, for people have been great and they had, you know, a great family experience, obviously there is less to unfold, but you know, this remains a process as we get older and then we experience some of the same roles and titles. You recently became a mother. Mm -hmm. So your understanding has evolved concerning. Mm -hmm. So it's a both like, okay, you know, part in part, I can see the challenge, but also what the heck, dude, (laughs) why why would these decisions be made? Yeah. And I relate in that I did not understand my father um, and a lot of his decisions and my mom, my mom at points, but I have been a father for seven years now. And I'm like, all right, dude, like <laughs> I could get it. I also don't get it. Yeah. Um, but I get it. Um, yeah. So it really is a, a process. And on that note, I wanted to ask you whatever you're comfortable sharing, like what based on the collateral damage of the divorce and just how everything unfolded itself, whether slowly or immediately as you were growing up and even into adulthood, like you are married now, your mom, you are a professional, you have your, your friendships and intimate relationships. Like how do you believe that these things that you experienced may have had a lingering impact on just where you're at and just where you are in your process? Yeah. Well, fortunately for me, I feel like it's taught me how to be strong um, where, where I have siblings where I feel like they crumbled. Um, I have my older sister in particular, but I think everyone handles these things. The collateral damage looks different for everybody. And even if we're in the same household, um, it looks different. And so for me, I, this just gave me a ton of, what's it resilience um and i it made me who i am today i wish i never had to go through it um but i definitely am stronger because of it but still broken and i think that's reflected in probably my marriage um where i yeah i'm sure it is reflected I'm, there are just so many broken parts of me um, yeah. that we're, like you said, we're, we're working through right now. Um, yeah. So, although there's strength there, there's a lot to overcome. Yeah. Um, and, and oftentimes you don't know what there is to overcome until you assume certain roles. Mm-hmm. Like I had no idea the scrub that I was and just like this broken and insecure person as a result of, you know, both things that I was subjected to as well as my personal decisions prior to 
getting married and becoming a father like it, it, it was a major pruning um, that transpired like immediately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I didn't stuff. I didn't know human beings needed to work through. Um, and obviously many of the blind spots were now a threat that I didn't know were blind spots. Yeah. Um, but it really is about uh, acknowledging that the process is necessary and then being in it, you know, you have chosen to be in it and that allows for you to function in the lives of so many young people mm-hmm. as a healer um, and someone that can discern their situation and be there for them. I know my wife and I have been blessed immensely by you and your wealth of wisdom. And, you know, it really is in part because of the dysfunction of having to be a listener for your mom. And then it's like, oh, wow, guess what? I have this freaking skill. Of listening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like you stink, but thank you. At the same time. <laughs> yeah. It's incredible. Um, so I'm, I'm grateful for your process and I'm grateful that you're a fighter. Um, so is your husband. So is your little guy. Yeah. And, and yeah, uh, you're going to continue to be a blessing. Yeah. I believe that. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you for taking the time out of your crazy day because your child is just under three months or something like that. Right. Is it yeah. He's, I, yeah. About two and a half months. Yes. Look at me caring. Yeah, I know. Maybe, you know. Good job. Maybe I didn't know your siblings. Well, you know that situation, but I know your child is under three months. <laughs> yes. That was that was a buzzer beater, guys. That was a, <laughs> <this is> a <laughs> great. <laughs> but thank you for taking the time and thank you for, for blessing our listeners. Yes, for sure. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you heard something throughout the episode that could make all the difference. Please take a moment to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of that blended goodness. Episodes are up and running on the second and fourth Wednesday of each month. Until then, do not settle for anything less than what's possible.